I think cardiologists have this innate appetite to, uh, to have autonomy, to have the ability to influence and shape. And what we need to do is empower them. That's why our little tagline is empowering cardiovascular specialists to transform patient care. Welcome to The Core, a podcast series brought to you by CoreVista Health, pioneering digital health to transform the way cardiovascular diseases are diagnosed. Please welcome today's host, Scott Berger, CoreVista's Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer. Please join me for an interesting discussion with Tim Atterbury, an expert and leader in healthcare and cardiology. Tim previously served as the CEO of the American College of Cardiology and Medaxium. Tim is now the CEO of Cardiovascular Associates of America, which is known as CVA USA. Tim, it's so great to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the core today. It's great to be here. Great to see you again, Scott. Tim, you're currently the CEO of CVA USA. Congratulations on the leadership role. Uh, I'm sure things are extremely busy for you. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing currently with CVA USA. Yeah, so uh, CVA USA, which is my abbreviation for Cardiovascular Associates of America, but we'll just call it CVA USA, is a startup company that uh, we just launched late last year, but we're building a national network of cardiology groups under one umbrella, CVA USA. Our, Our thesis is that the rising cost of cardiovascular care can be better managed by cardiologists leading that uh, effort than by hospitals or insurance companies or anybody else leading that effort. So there's a lot of money being spent, as we know, on cardiovascular care in the U.S. I think we all can, uh, would attest that it's not always spent efficiently or generating the most value. And so the CVA USA is organizing groups, connecting groups around the country, again, under one umbrella. Our goal is to support those groups, and our tagline is empowering cardiovascular specialists to transform patient care, because we believe there are a lot of opportunities to improve patient care, quality, safety, cost, access, efficiency, and the people that should be driving that are the cardiologists, and we want to provide the cardiologists with the resources, both capital dollars and intellectual resources they need to transform care in their communities. And as we do that one community at a time, we'll transform care throughout the country. That's that's so impressive. Uh, as I think back, and, and some of my mentors have always said, you just have to focus on the patient. And the, the person who's with the patient is the physician. And the physician is going to know best how to treat and how to help that patient. And it sounds like you're focused directly with those physicians who are sitting next to the patients every day to, to help them with their cardiovascular care. With, with CVA USA, um, you've talked about cardiologists being great businessmen, being, being great stewards of health, car- cardiovascular health. Wh- one of the things that, that I've seen though in my relationships, as it comes to technology and as it comes to these virtual meetings, everyone is now learning. I'd imagine that CVA USA, one of the things you're looking at doing is actually helping them into this virtual world. I, I'm assuming that's one of the advantages that, that you can offer these groups. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, our our vision and our you know, our plan, business plan and operations plan is to create a platform, a virtual care platform that multiple modules or nodes or solutions can be connected to that platform. So it will be agnostic in terms of it doesn't have to be the you know, the Philips platform. And I like Philips and I've got good friends at Philips and they've got a wonderful solution. Uh, but we don't want to be in a situation where the platform limits our ability to provide solutions. So the platform is a vehicle. It's like a highway. And that highway can have a Chevy, a Pontiac, a Buick, a Camaro, a Corvette, or a big Mack truck rolling down the highway. We need to create that distribution uh, delivery system, that platform, and then we'll connect things to that platform. And you're right. What we envision is uh, if you're a patient of a CVA USA cardiologist or group practice, that you will get the benefit of the resources we bring to support those cardiologists at scale, at a lower cost, creating more value for, for those patients. And that's ultimately, you know, that's what our eye is on is if you think about cardiovascular spending in the U.S., we spend about $300 billion on cardiovascular uh, care in the U.S. About 10% of that, maybe 15% of that, is paid to the physicians who deliver the care. The other 85% is spent on pharmacy, hospital, et cetera. So we need to get the cardiologist comfortable that they're not in the 10 to 15% business, that 30 to $40 billion business. They're in the $300 billion business. They need to be managing the whole cardiovascular spend. And they need to impact that spend by making it more efficient, but still creating better value for patients. Right. Has that been a difficult mindset for some to, to uh, uh, you know, I think maybe in some cases, but you know, the, the, I think cardiologists have this innate appetite to, uh, to have autonomy, to have the ability to influence and shape and what we need to do is empower them. That's why our little tagline is empowering cardiovascular specialists to transform patient care. We empower them. We equip them. You know, they're ready to run. They're ready to adopt these changes in general. And we need to empower them to do that. And sometimes empower means remove the hurdles. There are so many hurdles that get in the way of, of uh, those physicians wanting to do what they would consider to be the right thing the right way to deliver the care. Let's remove those hurdles as well. So empowerment means capital dollars. It means resources. It means the platform, IT solutions, AI solutions. All of that's part of empowerment. It, it absolutely is. That It's really fascinating. I look at how healthcare has changed over the last five years and how it will change over the next five years. This this is an important aspect of that because we, we look at the cardiology offices that are popping up, the OBLs. A lot of care is focused more on this outpatient center aspect and incorporating that outpatient care along with moving towards more of this remote or, or virtual care is going to help streamline the system. It's going to help reduce costs and it's, it's going to incentivize these groups who embrace it at an earlier point in time to be more successful with it. Yep. Yeah. I think the way we, maybe the way I would define it is from the Deficit Reduction Act in 2006 until now, uh, a big swath of cardiologists left private practice and became yep. hospital employees, right? So we've had a 16-year era where the hospitals had the dominant influence over cardiovascular care. 
All right, that's fine. I've got nothing against hospitals. I was the CEO of a big hospital. I know what, what that means. But if you're a patient, you want to be at the center. The hospital is not at the center of healthcare. The patient is at the center of healthcare. The hospital is a part of the delivery system. It's a cost. And we should manage that high cost so that only the patients who need to be in the hospital are in the hospital. If you don't need to be in the hospital, you can get your care any other way. In the rural hospital, the rural critical access hospital, a rural health clinic, uh, on an Indian reservation, in a prison, whatever it is, let's get the care to you. Absolutely. And in our conversations at Corvista, you talked a lot about all of those areas, the critical access hospitals, the rural hospitals, the prisons, the Indian reservations. It's all focused on getting better care to the patient. And if we all focus on that, if we all do our part in focusing on better care for the patients, it's going to be more cost effective and it's going to be better care. You talked about the changes over the last 16 years. Obviously, we see significant changes happening now, moving back more towards putting the physician in front of the patient. There, there's so much focus on, on this value-based healthcare. Yep. Uh, you must see that as an advantage for you. It, 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 the environment that we're in, you know, this value-based care, and I have another term for it at times, it's risk-based care. Yep. Right? And I actually, and I know it's spooky, whenever you look at physicians, you say risk-based care, Everybody flinches a little bit. There's this, you know, this reflex to taking a risk. But uh, I like to share with physicians that if you are willing to take a risk, you have more control. He who is willing to take risk can have more autonomy. Yep. So another way to say it is, I don't want to take, if I'm a cardiologist and I say, I don't want to take any risk other than I want to just get paid my my fee-for-service or my per-worker over you, okay, that's fine. I have a name for you. You're a cost center. And in business, business people try to control cost centers by keeping the cost of a cost center very low because it's only adding a little value, so I'm going to try to keep the cost center low. Physicians need to embrace value-based care, risk-based care as part of their desire to have more autonomy. And we know the great moral injury to physicians is when they perceive that they have lost autonomy. So I, I flip this right back to docs. You want more autonomy, right? Yes, I do. Then you are going to have to unfortunately step up and be more accountable. Because by being more accountable, by taking risk for total cost of care, for quality, safety, patient experience, you will have more autonomy. If you don't do that, then somebody else who does do that will have the autonomy and you will be delegated under them. You can't have it both ways, can you? You can't have it both ways. You you were also the, uh, as we talked about earlier, you were the the CEO of the ACC and MedAxiom. How do you how do you feel like that role has prepared you for, for what you're doing? Obviously, a wealth of, of experiences have come with that, a wealth of relationships. But, but how do you think it's prepared you for what you're doing currently? Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, very fortunate, blessed to be able to be the CEO of the ACC and be involved with projects in the U.S. and internationally. And one of the things I learned, Scott, that I didn't have an appreciation for, I remember a meeting well, actually two meetings, but the first one was in Saudi Arabia. And there was a speaker at the podium talking about the rising cost of 
cardiovascular care in Saudi Arabia. And he had a chart and he showed the current line. Here's our current spending. And because of the aging population, here's the forecast spending. And he had another line showing where the cost of care exceeded how much money the Saudi government and nation has available to spend. And his point was, we have to find a more efficient way to meet the needs, the cardiovascular care needs of Saudi citizens. That was an eye-opener because I thought for a long time, only America has this problem of, of unsustainable health care costs. It's a worldwide problem. And by the way, cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death, not just in the U.S., but worldwide, including countries that you would think, well, maybe communicable diseases are the leading cause of death. No, cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in India, the continent of Africa, in all of Asia, in all of Europe, all of North America and South America. Big unmet need, very big unmet need. So you're talking about that. That was the first one that really sticks out. Tell me about the second one. The second one was in a place called China. And the uh, speaker there was from the Ministry of Health in China, talking about how they have uh, a wealthier country and a wealthier country, people tend to eat better and people tend to eat things that are not always so good for you. Uh, they get uh, they get more weight, they get hypertension, uh, they are more likely to have heart disease. And so that second meeting was even more stunning to me because I thought, well, Saudi Arabia is a very wealthy country on a per capita basis. Uh, maybe China uh, has maybe more of a lower class or poor people. But the reality is China is grappling with the rising cost of cardiovascular care. So this, this really struck me that we need to have solutions for better care delivery. Again, it's back to two things. How care is delivered, one side of the coin, flip the coin over, how care is paid for. We need yep. to transform care delivery and we need to transform the way care is paid for. And we need to start thinking about care as the total cost of care, not just that one episode of care. Yep. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. That's fascinating. Thanks for that. The... The role of private equity is another aspect because CVA USA is funded by private equity. And I, I never thought I would be involved with private equity. But as I've learned through the last uh, you know, six, nine months of, of uh, developing the business plan for CVA USA and then working with our investors at, at private equity, if the private equity uh, group that I'm involved with, if they want to transform patient care. They, uh -huh. they believe that you can do well by doing good. And I think that's what we all have to think about. There's, there's a, a purpose that we all should carry into our healthcare work. And that purpose gives us a sense of meaning for ourselves. What, why am I doing what I'm doing? And if it's, uh -huh. if it's to make money, that's not, that's not a good enough purpose. Uh, for healthcare, you have to have the idea being that I'm doing something directly or indirectly that is going to improve patient lives. And let's add one more thing. It's going to improve patient lives and it's going to lower the total cost of care. If, yep. we, if we can do that, those of us who are not clinicians, if we can do things that impacts patient lives favorably and also lowers the cost of care, then we can go to bed at night knowing that we did our part to help American healthcare. I love it. 
Tim, thank you again for joining me on The Core. Your insights have been so valuable to address these changing times. Take care. To learn more or listen to more episodes of The Core, please visit us at corevista.com. Please note, The Core Vista system is an investigational device limited by federal law to investigational use and is not available for commercial distribution.